0: Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, three-year or 30,000-mile complimentary maintenance, and America's best warranty ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. America's best warranty claim based on total package of warranty programs. See dealer for limited warranty details. Complimentary maintenance included Hyundai approved oil and oil filter change, except for electric vehicles and fuel cell electric vehicles, plus tire rotation and normal factory schedule maintenance intervals for three years or 36,000 miles, whichever comes first. More frequent maintenance due to severe driving conditions or conditions is excluded. Offer valid only for new 2020 or 2024 Hyundai models purchased or leased on or after February 1st, 2020. See your Hyundai dealer for further details and limitations. Hi, Timmy Whispers here from Give Me the Hot Sauce Podcast. The two-way V4 features groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam, creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Fuel cell gives you the ultimate energy return, ensuring every step feels explosive and dynamic. Fresh foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort for the entire game. The upper construction features a lightweight textile that reduces weight while remaining supportive and breathable. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at newbalance.com.
1: Oh my goodness! Give me the hot sauce! Neil thought! Give me the hot sauce! Derek Rose can go upstairs! Woo! Oh Let me step back and kiss myself! Oh my god! the City Assassin does it again! <laughs>
2: I'll well, tell you what, that open always gets us fired up for a brand new edition of Gimme the Hot Sauce. We are now on episode 31. You think about some great number 31s in the past. Cub fans know that it's one of the numbers that's retired for two different pitchers. You guys know it because it's on the sheet in front of you, but of course that would be Greg
1: Maddox. <laughs> yeah,
2: Greg Maddox and Fergie Jenkins. Fergie. To, two of the more modern uh, era pitchers for the Chicago Cubs. Great pitchers. Fergie Jenkins. Won twenty games six years in a row. That guy was awesome. He's, you know he's still around with the team. One of their ambassadors, really a good guy, and and we always wish Fergie well. Uh, Mike Piazza, the Hall of Fame catcher, from the world of basketball. Reggie Miller was a thorn in the Bulls' side for many years. He hit some big shots along the way. And then from football, we've got uh, Donnie Shell, Jamal Lewis. So those are some number thirty ones. But we also want to. Give a shout out to a very special cause in Major League Baseball. Today, it's Lou Gehrig Day. They're honoring the baseball icon and trying to raise awareness for ALS, which has been such a debilitating disease. There's no known cure and it's affected so many families and we just wish them well in their their efforts to try to find a cure for that horrible disease. We're gonna have some fun here today. We're gonna talk some uh, MMA a little bit later with uh, UFC former champion, TJ Dillashaw. Dillashaw. We got a special guest here today. Those of you who watch us on on youtube i was going to say instagram but it's youtube we admire the work of pete the sign god he is here in the sriracha studios as we tape today so pete say hello
3: come on in pete what up come on
2: there's <laughs> your band you're <laughs> looking <laughs> kind of creepy
1: back there in the back i'm say something man. <laughs> hello
2: hello hello there's my man pete
1: right there good friend of mine hello. right there
2: so you see his great work uh yes. behind stinger there the the big
3: and, and whispers in two boxes <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, oh i thought it was two of them that's a little bit weird i don't know it's, yeah. do that? i don't know it's, <laughs> it's, it's, he's the sign guy it's the twilight you know? zone all yeah. of the sudden we're going a
4: sudden
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're glad to have pete here we appreciate yep. you dressing up the sriracha studios we uh also took the banners on the road got some great feedback with that we're gonna be taking the show on the road a lot uh, coming up we're gonna head out to moretti's all right whispers that's right <laughs> okay. they you want to embellish that yeah. a bit? Well, they can't get enough of us.
3: <laughs>
5: well, as they said, they're big fans of yours, big fans of Stacy. They're not sure what they're going to do with me, but beyond that. Uh, what about
1: me? They. Everyone loves Stinger. They don't know you Stinger.
5: Well, sometimes being hated is the same as being loved, so we'll just leave that alone. (laughs) We won't even hit
1: that anymore. It's a fine line between love love and hate. And we're glad to have
2: Stinger here in one piece. He was pulling down a a wood swing set and a a big tree in his backyard today. You're indefatigable. You're working all the time. I, well, I mean, that's what you do. I mean, you're, you know,
3: I'm sorry. <laughs> I learned as a youngster. You oh, my keep God. Working. I'd like to share the, uh, I'm going to try to figure out how to do that again. If my
2: Your work ethic? You want to share your work <laughs> ethic with yeah. all of us?
3: No, I was going to share the screen to show you my. Uh, oh, you're pulling down the tree? Yeah. Was yeah. Gonna yeah. Gonna now, who's that. the guy
2: that was helping me with that project?
3: Yeah. Um, well, it's Clint. And yeah. He uh, he likes beverages, yeah. even <laughs> even early in the morning. Right let me, here we go. There's there we are. Why let oh. the time interfere with your building? We uh, to we enjoy took down the beverages. play system swing set, uh-huh. which we had for about 15 years, and it was infested with some bees and So we cut that down with all his equipment. He had all kinds of different saws. And here I am. You can see me in the corner. I'm holding that rope. Yeah. You're flying a kite. Far away. <laughs> yep.
1: and, uh hey, Are you actually holding the tree?
3: I'm holding the tree. He's and, flying a tree. and Mary Poppins, all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, take up. I think this Bed is. Bed knobs and broomsticks. <laughs> and, uh, and, I you know, Clint, I think he had a couple. Of, he was dehydrated. Yeah. So he had a. Uh, Big fella looked
1: like he was tired. Yeah. A couple of swings.
3: <laughs> so here we go. I don't Here's know the if moment the video. Of truth. And then Let's he see. he took a couple of rolling rocks prior to this. Yeah. And then he had a few angry orchards. It was yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> get newed. the power tools <laughs> after new. a while. And, and then, then Stinger pulled it down yeah, and yeah, his it really yeah. I'm doing, yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing yeah. all the work. He's like he's like Look fucking Paul Bunyan. Yeah. You know? Look at him. I'm pull, doing all the work. And so that's the yeah. video I wanted to share with everybody. That's, in awesome, hey, that's yeah. awesome. That's yeah, awesome. That, that was some good. He called
1: me today to ask me to come up and help. Oh, no. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, and then he sent Susan to say the same thing. Hey, why don't you come up and help the guys pull uh, pull down yeah. the trees? Yeah. yeah. I was like, uh, absolutely freaking not. Yeah, I'm going to drive 90 miles and yeah. get crushed by yeah, a tree. Yeah, exactly. And get hurt by a tree. No, You know, it'll fall on me. Why don't no. you invite
2: yourself up like you
3: invite yourself you know to what? Tim's place?
1: Listen, you know what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that wow. Hurts. That hurts. For your information, for your information, my boy Timmy whispers, like he's always invited me to his house. Okay. I've known Timmy for But not that
3: least. No, I've, not,
1: I've known Timmy for thirty years. That was the first time I've ever been at Tim's house. I was highly impressed. You've
5: been there many times. I've
1: I just never watched of that door. I never go in. I never that's, go in which the is door. It's kind of weird. It's like well, his lovely
2: wife was there last week, yep. and she invited you. She invited me. And that's yeah. the
1: reason why I came because yeah. she didn't. She didn't have the. You know, she didn't have that little butt. See, every time Tim says, Tim says, <laughs> butt. Tim says, Tim says, Tim says, <laughs> I over. I, want you to come over. I want you yeah, to come exactly. over. I want you to come over, Stace. I want you to come over and 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 hang out with us, but. I need you to wear yeah. a tuxedo. Oh, here we go. I need you oh, to yeah, wear a tuxedo, right. here we and go. I need Sorry. you to
5: serve hors d'oeuvres. I, you, did, you did a great job on the boat. I thought it was working.
3: <laughs> you know, I just wanted to add, we also had a call that we're going to share later, maybe another episode, Al. Vermel, yeah, and so, long time strength coach. Long time and so I I just wanted to share this video as well, if we could.
1: Yes, it down I want you to see pure greatness. Okay. <laughs> power lift. And for those of
2: you just listening in the audio podcast, we're sorry. No, no, yeah, you can't see it. it. You gotta go to you, you gotta, gotta go, go to YouTube. YouTube check so it out. Here it is. Look
1: at that form. Do the play by play mark. Oh, the king. Look
3: at that power. Watch this. Again. Lift. Wow, the amazing uh,
2: thing—he's doing that with saddle shoes on. Hey, you yeah, know that's what? Pretty impressive. Those are
1: weightlifting <laughs> shoes for Man. people who don't weightlift. They wouldn't know that. Yeah. Okay, people who are all on the treadmill—that's the only thing you, you wouldn't know anything about that. But that's pure power lifters. Power lifters, the yeah. Olympic style lifting, which you know, Al was a big <laughs> component of when we played with the Bulls. Um, those, what those shoes were made of, and also I tell good you what, for bowling. I was, oh. <laughs> okay wow. okay I'm, I'm done with this guy this guy right here where's that little dog collar i can shock him i brought that in for him today so but yeah it was it was uh that was like like 200 and something pounds above my head so yeah that would
3: be 225 if yeah. those were 45 yeah. Pound yeah. Weight. yeah
1: don't don't listen i don't like to brag I just wanted to say it was it was two hundred and some. I didn't want to say, but since you brought it up, yeah, it's like two twenty five. Yeah, we'll be
2: catching up with Al in a future episode, and, and he's given a lot of credit for really helping make Scotty and Horace the players that they became. Because Horace, especially, really needed that work in the weight room to become an NBA elite power forward.
1: Al Vermiel was ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Everything that Al did back then people are doing now. they are just taking it to another level. The way he used the computer, the way he used digital, the videos of, you know, one thing people don't know about Al, Al used to like, when you came in to do a workout for the Bulls, they brought you in, like as a rookie, we came in for a rookie, we, we you know, they made us do all these drills and stuff. Al was always filming you. And so if you didn't come to the Bulls, they had that, they, they kept that. And so let's say you come to the Bulls in five years, they can refilm you, right. see how much you have improved or decreased, and that would determine whether they want to sign you or not. If you Did got they make it worse, you sign a
2: waiver to make sure no, that they, they were no, okay taking no, you? No, back, back then, they was anything nothing, goes. Anything goes. They, <laughs> I mean, that was
1: Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause was big, big believer in Al Vermeule and, and Eric Kellen. Really trusted the program. And, you know, as we'll talk about tonight, you know, I mean, just Al was ahead of his time. I mean, everybody bought into it. Everybody believed. Now, Michael didn't come. Michael didn't do any of that, that Olympic style lifting. He had his own guy, Tim Grover, which we all know about Tim Grover. Mm-hmm. But the rest of us, you know, per man were there every day as a group. And that to me was the turning point of us winning championships because we started doing, instead of having one or two guys or clicks, everybody showed up in the weight room at the same time. We said 10 o'clock, people were there at 930. And that kind of changed the mentality of how we thought and we had to come together. And that was the big reason why.
2: We well, brought up Michael, and every time people talk about Michael Jordan, it always seems to be a comparison with LeBron James. We saw a classic episode of poor sportsmanship in the game five against the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix. The Lakers got run out of the gym, and LeBron decided with about five minutes left, he'd had enough. Th-
1: well, and, 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 and that's where you that's where the comparisons stop. Yeah. You know, Michael would never leave. When the Boston was kicking Michael's butt, he stayed out there and he fought to the very end. He knew that there's going to be a day I'm going to get these guys back. I'm going to keep fighting. That's just who he was. Michael never walked off the court when he when he was losing a game. Never. And so when you see, it's kind of like being a, a baby. You know, spoiled baby. I'm taking my ball and go home. You know, you're the face of the league. LeBron's the face of the league. You know, you you can't do that. You, you get beat. You got beat by a better team that night. Give, give Phoenix some credit. Don't be like, well, we didn't play our best. That's why we got beat. No, Phoenix kicked your ass. Just go ahead and accept that and say, hey, let's get ready for game six to try to tie this series up and get it back to a game seven. Hopefully we'll get AD back. But if AD's not back, that series is over.
2: Yeah, you watch that and you wonder, you know, we've seen this from LeBron in the past where he knew his team was outmatched kind of packs it in. You go back to the 2010 series when they were playing the Boston Celtics, he walked off the court. That was the last time that they'd seen him, going to see him in a Cavaliers uniform for quite a while. And I get the feeling if AD doesn't play in game six, you might see Over. LeBron not even, not, not even give it his best effort in that knowing he can't win.
1: <clears throat> well, you, you can't lose in Los Angeles you got to force a game seven. If you're the Lakers, guys have, you know, the others, the the, the role players, Kuzma, you know, Schroeder. Schroeder turns down $84 million. You want more money. You want to show people you're a starting point guard, but you have zero points last night. You know, it's not all LeBron James' fault. Now, granted, right. he, he got off to a slow start in the first half but there was no help whatsoever. Where was Drummond? You know, where was Morris? Where was Kuzma? Where was Schroeder? You know, where was anybody else coming off that bench? Why are they not playing um, Horton, the kid, uh Talon Talon Horton? Tucker, how come yeah. they're not mm-hmm. playing him? Yeah. You know, how come you're not playing, you know, Montrezl Harold, you know, who's the sixth man of the year, you know, before he was on the bench, before AD went out. You're not playing him. You're playing, you know, Marcus. All Marc looked like, and I like Marcus All. Marcus looked like he's aged... Ten years in the mm-hmm. last week, he can't yeah. defend pick and rolls. He's not the defensive player of the year, Marcus Sol that was there, you know, five, six, seven years ago. You know, So he's a liability out there defensively because Phoenix does a great job in the pick and roll with Chris Paul. Re- regardless of Chris Paul's 100%, he is a maestro with the pick and roll. He comes off, he gets you dancing, he gets you to have to defend him. And even though he's not going to score because of a bad shoulder, he creates for someone else to have an easy bucket. And then you got Booker looking like Kobe Bryant out there uh, playing like a superstar should play. And that's the difference in the game. They're young, they're hungry. They believe they can win, and you got a guy like Chris Paul who is basically giving them the confidence that they can win.
2: You think Phoenix is going to win that series now?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I And the reason why I say that, Mark, is because, you know, LeBron and those guys thought they could just show up and play. I can miss 25 games, and I'll just come in and play at the end, and we'll win. No, it doesn't work that way. You know, these teams are too good. The Western Conference is too good, and Phoenix is the number one seed, uh, you know, top seed um, for a reason they played really good basketball the second half of the season to earn their position so if you thought for a second you know as la went from being a top three team when all it had to play in a play-in game mm-hmm. you know your mindset's totally different now you know now you're like you know, we got to come up and play a top seed in the first round. Your mindset's totally different. But I believe that, you know, those guys thought they could just come out, you know, after missing 20 something games, show up and play, no conditioning. Yeah, because they're superstar players. And it didn't work that way.
2: Let's stay out west. An incredible game on Tuesday night between Portland and Denver. Damian Lillard hit some of the most difficult oh, shots you'd ever want to see. And I'm yelling at the TV, you got to foul him. You got to foul oh, him because he's going to shoot the three. He's going to make it. He did it at the end of regulation, he did it at the end of the first overtime. For some reason, Denver just let him dribble, dribble, dribble and take the three. And But, he, you know, playoff record, 12 three-pointers, and they were not easy shots, especially late.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Is there a better big-game player than Damian Lillard? Right you, now, when you no. need a big shot... You know, people say, oh, Steph Curry, Steph Curry. No, I'm taking Damon Lillard. Seriously, I'm taking Dame because Dame always seems to hit the money shot when you need it. And he single-handedly carried Portland. If he would have been able to, you know, they get some production from some other players, mm-hmm. you know, their backcourt is going to score. Okay. But the rest of those guys on that team have, have got to contribute something, you know, because Jokic is, Jokic is killing people. Like he's not killing you just with scoring. He's, he's the tempo of the game. He's controlling the tempo. I mean, he is a point center. And so the ball goes through his hands. He's cutting people up. And if you're if you're not a good defensive player, and you rely on team defense, he's going to cut you up because you see these guys back cutting. They're getting lobbed to the rim. He throws it up there. Michael Porter Jr. gets it. I mean, they do a great job of cutting and 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 moving without the basketball. And then you also got to say the acquisition of you know Austin Rivers has been a complete surprise. Um, I don't think anyone expected him to play the way he's been playing. And they really, I mean, they do miss Jamal Murray, but you would not be able to tell. Yeah. <laughs> It's been
2: amazing some of the things they've been able to accomplish in that that series. And you look over in the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics were finished off in five games by the Brooklyn Nets. But the big story coming out of that is the day after where Danny Ainge says he's retiring as president of basketball operations. Brad Stevens is going to leave the sideline, quit coaching to take over for Ainge, and they're going to hire a new coach. Wow, talk about things unraveling quickly. Of course, Jalen Brown did not play in that series because of injury. Uh, Kemba Walker has been in and out of the lineup all year because of injury. And it was kind of Jason Tatum against the world. I, I, I'm kind of stunned that this all these changes came out of what happened this
1: season. Well, I mean, they, they had the same problem. Everybody else did, you know, stars in and out the lineup. And this was a tough year for a lot of teams, you know, with COVID injuries, the games being piled up, you know, guys were missing, you know, a lot of games. This has been the most games I've seen star players miss mm-hmm. since I've been doing this. And, you know, a team like Boston needs their their big-time players to play. You know, they've got some good young players, but those players don't have the experience in playoff atmospheres to carry you to a win. You know, Tatum, Brown, you need Kimba Walker. Kimba Walker not being there really kills them because when he's healthy and he's doing what he can do, it takes a lot of pressure off those other two. And now you have to, you know, the pick and roll, you have to make a you know, make a choice. Do we switch it? Do we do we jump out and help and recover? You know, Jalen Brown was having his best year this yeah. year, starting to turn into a superstar caliber player, two way player, and losing him at the end of the season, you know, last few weeks of the season, last week of the season, man, that was devastating for Boston.
2: Stinger, you know I like to see? Uh, Brad Stevens in his first news conference as head of basketball operations. He should just gather all the Boston media and say, "Larry Bird's not walking <laughs> through that door. Oh, <laughs> Kevin man. McHale's not walking through yeah, that door. Yeah. Robert Parrish no, isn't walking no. through that door." I mean, they they had so many high draft picks, yeah. but. They weren't able to cash those in. Now, they did a great job making that trade with Philadelphia where they got Jason Tatum and a future number one in the deal. And Tatum's been fantastic. He, he has some great I think he's a, he's showing that he could be an MVP. But now you look yeah. at Brooklyn, you look at Milwaukee, and Philadelphia playing really good basketball. I mean, Boston at best is you know fourth or fifth best team in the East. Now. And don't forget these Atlanta Hawks. Right? They're on the rise. Well, no question yeah, about
1: it. I think a lot of people are forgetting about the Hawks. Mm-hmm. They That's are, a good roster. They are probably a year too early mm-hmm. but they they're playing with house money they're they're playing with house money that came in and you know went on the road you know stole a game and then the confidence you could just see the confidence just glaring from them um they've got they've got pretty much the team that can go deep in this playoffs they could they could upset second round and beat who are they play in the second round is it Philadelphia,
2: Philadelphia. Philadelphia
1: yeah yeah and if mb's not healthy yeah he's hurt <laughs> yeah. if he's hurt I'm telling you, didn't, I mean,
2: he's not playing, he's not so playing he, tonight. No, he's got a partial meniscus tear. He could yeah. be out for a he while. He could be out for a while. They're saying he's day-to-day, but a meniscus tear, I
3: mean, and it's for, not like, for yeah. a big guy like yeah. him that yeah. hey, he relies
1: won't. so much on quickness and, and lateral quickness and moves, that could be devastating.
3: Washington, I know we're taping. Uh, they're up by one at uh, at the half. Yeah, they're. Yeah,
4: yeah.
1: Thank you, John. Thank yeah. you, John. We, we don't expect him to win.
3: Westbrook's closing in on a triple double. Yeah, well, first half. he wakes half. up and yeah. gets a triple double. That's, yeah.
1: that's, you know, well, but, but.
2: Back to the Hawks, though. You know, your yeah. Oklahoma guy, Trey Young. I mean, he's going nose to nose with the New York fans. Uh, don't let the, uh, the smooth taste fool you. He's hey, going to fight these guys. Let me
1: tell you something. That's the sooner way. That's right. Okay, we talk trash and we can back it up. But we don't <laughs> care, we don't care who the crowd is, if it's ten thousand or thirty thousand, we're gonna talk trash. When you talk trash to us, we're gonna talk trash to you. And he went to the University of Oklahoma and that's what you're taught. You're mm-hmm. taught to go out there in the hostile territories to walk out there, listen to the crowd noise. People, I mean, playing at KU is one of our biggest rivals. I mean, getting ice thrown at you, hot dogs, you know, buns, you know, <laughs> people throwing things at you, Oklahoma state, you're playing in, you know, uh, Oklahoma state's arena and you're taking the ball out and people are pulling the hair on your legs, you know? So that's <laughs> I mean, a little bit too <laughs> close. Yeah, to oh yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you, they do it and yeah. it's, it's very annoying and it hurts. I mean, has somebody pull some hair on your legs? You yeah. know, it, it forced me to have to shave. I use Nair. I say, my legs
5: so y'all
2: won't be pulling my hair run with that baby hair Oh let's uh give a salute to the the team that john was directing all year the milwaukee bucks a four-game sweep of the miami heat i'll tell you what drew holiday has made such a difference in that team you talk about an upgrade over eric bledsoe it's unbelievable he was so good in that series uh i'm a believer he he really played some great basketball in that series he certainly did and he
3: lets others get involved which is tremendous and that he can score anytime he wants. Yeah, he, defensively, there's nobody better. Um, it, you know, I, I think people are looking at uh, the Bucks and seven. You know, I mean, because they can match up against the three. I know the big three, but you know, who's going to guard? You know, Giannis and Middleton had a really exceptional series, and Holiday. So, yeah, those games Jeff could Green, be really high scoring. Two Jeff, high scoring teams in yeah, the league. But is Jeff Green going to be able to guard those guys? Because I mean, I think Holiday can match up, and Giannis plays defense, and. Middleton does too. So, yeah. Yeah. How do gonna you know, it's going to
1: be, it's going to be an explosive series. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the key for Brooklyn, Brooklyn has gotten much better defensively throughout the playoffs, you know, towards the end of the season, the playoffs, they're playing defense. Um, you know, who do you, who's going to guard Giannis? You know, do you put Kevin Durant on him, take the chance he gets in foul trouble? Yeah, it almost has to be Durant. You know, or do you put Blake Griffin on him, which that's a total mismatch. No. Total mismatch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then you got got, um, you know, the big guy. Um, DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre, DeAndre yeah. Jordan. They'll probably go big him.
2: more because Milwaukee plays Brook Brooke Lopez in the middle.
1: But what you're going to see, what you're going to see in this series is, is that they're going to force Giannis to be more of a playmaker. Mm-hmm. They're going to pack in the lane, and they're going to say, when he has the ball – Basically packing in, make him if he tries to drive, take charges, you know, make him have to make decisions with the ball. That's been the recipe for beating Giannis for the last five years. Now, now, if he lets if he allows Drew Holiday to run the show and play off of Drew, you can't you're not going to be able to stop him then. You know, because now you can't load up defensively to say, OK, he's got the ball at the top of the circle. Let's box him in. Now, if you have the ball into, you know, you've got the ball with Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday's now is able to use his size against a Kyrie Irving because he's a big guard. He plays big and he can see over the de- defense. He can read things. And then you're seeing guys with, you know, Bryn Forbes is yeah, you know, knocking great. shots down yeah. like Man, I mean, catch and shoot. I mean, coming off down screens, and so now you gotta you gotta hold those guys accountable. Who's gonna guard those guys? You know, you got Joe Harris. Joe Harris struggled defensively in this last series mm-hmm. against Boston. <laughs> I mean, as much yeah. as he can score, yeah. he struggled. Yeah. I mean, Boston was like going at him. So of that of that defense that they have, boy, I tell you what. Now Bruce Bruce Brown is solid for, for Brooklyn. You know, you might see him guard Giannis. You might see him guard Drew Holly. You might see, because he's their best on-ball Yeah, but if they, they put
2: Joe Harris on Chris Middleton, he's going to have some problems. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah it's, it's free cheese. Free <laughs> yeah. cheese, mouse in the house. And yep. that's the guy that really got to play well. Middleton's got to play well. well you, you know, you have to be that second guy. You have to be that guy. You've got to get off to great starts. You've got to play at a high level. And if he plays at a high level, that takes pressure off of Giannis. Then he didn't have to do everything.
2: Other big story that happened on Wednesday, more of the college variety. Mike Shashevsky reportedly is going to step down as head coach at Duke after an unbelievable run after this coming season. And reports out tonight indicate that John Shire, the pride of Glenbrook North, is one of his top assistants is going to take over as the head coach. And what a great opportunity for a young guy like John Shire. He never had a chance to play. He did play professional overseas a little bit, but he got a serious eye injury, and that kind of ended his playing career. But for him to take a opportunity, he's got to be, what, about 30 years old to have the head coach at Duke? That's pretty pretty amazing well, stuff. Well,
1: you think about all the longtime assistants that were all waiting mm-hmm. for Coach K to retire. Chris yeah. Collins, uh, Wojciechowski. Uh, Johnny Dawkins I mean there was a lot of guys That were just waiting And it didn't happen And it wasn't going to happen For when they're in their time they was like Mm -hmm. another 10-15 years I got to go get the first job Given to me So you got Chris You know at Northwestern Wojo was at Marquette Mm -hmm. You know Johnny Dawkins Had been at a couple places Stanford And then he was at You know he was at uh, Is it Jacksonville one of the one of the florida teams he was in florida we we'll put our research department on yeah we yeah we going to get yeah, the, the bubble up team on it <laughs> <laughs> the bubble up so <laughs> so um you know those guys think about those guys now like man
2: was yeah. central florida i believe they
1: yeah. went yeah the central tournament. florida yeah, yeah his kids man.
3: shires 33 yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: those yeah. guys are probably like man if i just held on <laughs> 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 on yeah. yeah but how are you going to know yeah. i mean yeah, coach yeah, K yeah, seemed yeah, like yeah, he was going to coach forever yeah and i i think what he realized yeah. is is that you see your your peers, you know, Roy Williams and all these guys stepping down yeah. and you, you start to look and say, Hey, do, do I really want to, cause now, you, you know, you're dealing with the one and done players
4: mm-hmm. and he
1: never was comfortable with that. He's always had three to four year players and he had to, in order to compete, he had to start taking these one and done players that might not have been really Duke players, but they wanted to come to Duke
4: mm-hmm. and
1: you know, they never really think about Duke the last few years, you know, after Zion and them left. You know they weren't good. You know they, no. had, they had some talent, but they weren't good because the kids didn't play together. And the recruiting did
2: drop off a little bit because I think a lot of people were saying, "Well, Coach K might not be here for your whole career." Yeah. Even though a lot of those kids are just thinking, "I'm going to play for one year, yeah. going to the league anyway."
1: Yeah. So you know it's it's really it's really sad to see him go because he's been one of the greatest coaches you know in the game for so long, mm-hmm. and he'll go down as one of the greatest coaches. And um, you know him and Roy Williams, man. I mean. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like yesterday, you know, those guys were running down the sidelines, going up against each other. Now it's over.
2: And Coach K had such a great run coaching the men's national team, both in World Cup and Olympic competition. And now Greg Popovich will get that chance this summer if the Olympics go off as scheduled. And then he may retire soon.
1: Yeah. You know, everybody rides off into the sunset, Mark. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it comes a time where the game is not the same or it's not fun. And the energy level that you need to do to be a coach or anything is not there. And, you know, when that happens, you know, you start looking at the you start looking at yourself a little bit more. Maybe I need to do something else. Maybe, I, you know, maybe the the kids are not listening anymore mm-hmm. like they used to. My voice is not as strong as it used to be to these kids. And, you know, maybe they need a new voice, somebody younger, somebody that can relate to them a little bit better. You know, because Coach K is old school, you know, mm-hmm. West Point, old school, you know. Um, and he has really changed over the years to adapt to how college basketball was. You, you can see it from back 1990s all the way up. He started getting guys like, you know, Grand Hill, Jason Williams. They were able to have more athletes instead of just, you know, guys who came out there like, you know, setting screens, you know, the Allard's and, you know, the uh, Jay, um, um, what's Jay's name? The big guy that does ESPN. Um, Jay, Jay Billis. Jay Billis. Yeah. yeah you, he started having those players like in the, <laughs> in the early, you know, early late 80s, early 90s. And then, all you know, Danny Fairies and those kind yeah. of guys. Quinn Snyder played for him. You know, they were able to get some, some guys, but the, the one thing they always lacked is athleticism. You know, they always had one guy on their team that was an athlete, you know, whether it be David Bricky or, you know, it would be David Henderson. You know, Johnny Dawkins was a – But then Tommy they got Amaker. Grant Hill and Laitner and, then, and, then, and Hurley. Yeah, Grant Hill and them took it to another level, and then he was able to start getting guys. You know, Zion Williamson, you know, and, and that group, you know, R.J. Barrett, um, Bagley – you know, mm-hmm. Wendell Carter Jr. I mean, he had some really good. Corey Maggette, Corey Think about if if Bagley and all those guys would have stayed and then teamed up with, you know, RJ Barrett and and uh, Zion yeah. Williamson, they might have they would they could have won two or three championships in a row
2: yeah and college basketball is changing so much now with the transfer portal we talked about that on a recent episode that's going to change the game the portal we're not going to go in the portal though for our next guest we're going to switch to the (laughs) ufc tj dillashaw getting ready for a big bout coming up in july he is our special guest on give me the hot sauce stay tuned we're talking ufc on episode 31 of give me the hot sauce Welcome back episode 31 of give me the hot sauce. And you know, Stacy and whispers are big fans of UFC and is now our pleasure to welcome in TJ Dillashaw who's getting ready for a big fight coming up on UFC fight night. 192 on July 24th, he's going to take on Corey Sandhagen, and, and TJ welcome to the show. Uh, what's your training been going like? How have things been going?
6: I appreciate it, man. Uh, training has been, training has been long. I've been, uh, pretty much back to back camps right now. I got, um, I was supposed to fight Corey Sanhagen May 8th, but I suffered an unfortunate headbutt and got cut open on my eyebrow and couldn't pass medicals. And that was 13 days before the fight. So it was real unfortunate we didn't get to do the showdown on May 8th and then we had to reschedule it. And it's July 24th. So I've been training my ass off for a long time right now for this fight. But uh, getting excited, it's getting closer and closer once again.
1: So is the is the eye completely healed now? You don't have to worry about it?
6: Uh, I still gotta worry about it. It's got some scar tissue in there, so I gotta make sure I'm wearing a headgear when I'm doing um, things I usually wouldn't have to worry about, um, and even just drilling and things like that. Because this actually happened from uh, when I was drilling as an accidental headbutt, um, and th- it actually happened twice last camp. It happened when I was seven weeks out from the fight, and then it happened thirteen days before wow. the fight. The exact same cut, the exact same cut, the exact same way. Um, so unfortunately, I have that scar tissue under there that you know it's still pretty soft. It's been what. Uh, four weeks from when I cut it, something like that. So it's still something I got to watch out for. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all closed up, just got – nice little scar right here you know my, my face is starting to look more like a catcher's mitt day by day
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: so, so you, you you've been off for a couple of years and i know you're itching to get back in the game and a lot yeah. of things have changed since you've been gone and the belt's switching hands and you know so what what's your thought process on that and and what is your expectations coming back i know you're taking one fight at a time and you're looking to get back in the title game you don't want to be taking a lot of you know a lot of you know unnecessary fights before you want to get back into that title hunt.
6: Yeah, man. Any of these champions right now to me are just paperweight champions. They're holding on to my belt. I know I never <laughs> lost the belt. I had to revoke my belt. Um, so to be honest, yeah, I, I came back and I told them I want no one that's not in the top. I, I got to make sure I got to fight someone top five. I mean, obviously, they wanted me to fight for the belt right away, but unfortunately, unfortunately, that the uh, last bannerweight title fight ended in some controversy with a disqualification. So I wasn't able to fight directly for the, for the belt. So I had to do a number one contender fight um, which is perfect. I got Corey Sanhagen. I used to train with the kid. Um, she was at four or five years ago when I lived in Colorado. He's a, he's a talented cat, but uh, just doesn't have that, that fighter, that fighter spirit, you know, so I'm going to go out there and prove that I'm still the champion run through Sanhagen and, and get my belt back. Sounds like probably the beginning of next year because uh, the, the so-called champ right now is um, going through some injuries and won't be able to fight till the end of the year.
2: Like the fact he's a so-called champ. You don't even say their name
1: if they're not legit, right? <laughs> don't say the name. You, you got to man. You got, you got, you got to think.
6: Uh, you got to think that way all the time.
1: Yeah, well, there, there's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, Henry Cejudo. You know, he's retired, and then he's talking about coming back, and you know, he's talking trash from the sidelines. I know you want to get that run back with him.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's definitely a fight I would love to get back. And I'm hoping I can talk him out of his so-called retirement once I get my belt back. Um, That was a fight that I worked my butt off to get to and uh, unfortunately ended faster than I wanted to, but in all circumstances, it ended the way it's supposed to, Um, you know, karma a bitch and comes back and strikes you. So, uh, but when it's my chance, I'll call him out of uh, his his, his young retirement and uh, prove that I'm the better fighter. You know, I'm still hungry at this thing, even at 35 years old, Um, feeling great right now too. You know, I'd say I'm, I'm towards the towards the end of my career but I can't believe how great I actually feel at this age. You know, I, I expected myself to possibly be done around this age but um, I'm really intrigued with uh, what I've been able to do with my body and the coaches I've been working with and the gains I've been able to make.
2: You know TJ one of the things I think that hurt boxing going back 20-30 years was this proliferation of belts and people you know the fan couldn't recognize who was the true champion in the various weight categories. Is that starting to become a problem or UFC where where the titles are shifting too much and people don't know who the real stars are, or do or do the real fans know who's legit?
6: Uh, I, I still think we got a handle on that. I think the UFC's doing a good job of promoting the right guys and, and making sure that the the belts are are adequate. Like we're we're fighting number one contenders. One thing with boxing is like a lot of the fights don't make sense. Yeah. And there's guys that are fighting guys that they're choosing who they want to fight and there's so many different promotions that you know there's like five different champions at one weight class that you never know who's the best but in MMA you know that the UFC champion for the most part is the best you know um, it's by far the best best promotion and we're always fighting those number one contenders when you're the champion and for, for you know for the most part there's always there's always some some uh bullshit when you got a guy talks his way into a fight but no matter what we're fighting those t- the toughest guys. We're not able to, we're not really able to choose who we want to fight. The UC comes to us like, look, this is the number one guy. You guys are fighting him. You know, you don't, you can't really turn it down when you're the champion. So um, I, I think that the UFC's doing a great job of making sure that the fans know who the best is.
1: Well, I tell you what, when you look at that, the bantamweight divisions, you got Al Jermaine Sterling, who, who won the title. Basically, on a lot of people were like, oh, come on, dude. Don't win the title <laughs> like that, you know, on a legal, a legal shot. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, he's the champion, and it seems like he's hurt right now. Um, he doesn't want to give that run back to uh, Jan, Peter, uh, Peter Jan. He doesn't want to give it that run back with him. But there's so many killers in that division. I mean, like, man, like the top 10 guys, boy, I mean, anybody, any of those guys on any given day could be the champion.
6: Yeah, I mean, for the most part, yeah. I mean, we got a stacked weight division. You're right on that. The weight division is stacked, um, and Aljamain Sterling is going to have to get Peter uh a, a rematch. Otherwise, they're going to strip him from the belt. You know, the, I mean, that's what I'm talking about with UFC. They're doing a good job of making sure that the fans know who the number one guy is because he's not going to be able to turn down that fight. Everyone knows that he was losing that fight. I do agree that uh, Peter Jan should have lost the fight because of the knee. That is agreeable. Yeah. but I do think that uh, Aljamain Sterling you know, played it up and pull out his acting skills and acted like he didn't want the belt that way. But then later that night, he was taking pictures with it. And now he's bragging that he's the best. So he's a fake, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, fake dude when it comes to that, but he has to take that fight no matter what. And, and I highly believe that he will lose that fight. Um, and I believe that I'll be, I'll be fighting Peter Jan by the beginning of next
1: year. That it would be a great fight. That would be a great yeah. fight because you both have deadly stand up games. And you both come forward. And that would be a, a really big treat for UFC fans to see you guys get in the ring and, and battling for the title. That would be awesome.
6: Yeah, I mean, that's the fight I want. You know, I know he was the guy that was winning that fight. He should have. I mean, dude, the night that I was watching that fight, it was just so disheartening because that was by far the worst outcome for me, you know. Yeah. Uh, any any other outcome would have been better, no matter what. By them having to go to disqual- disqual- disqualification, you know there's going to be a rematch. The whole division gets put, up, put on held. It's just uh, the worst case scenario, especially because I know that Peter Yon has already been saying as soon as he got through Aljamain, that he's planning on calling me out. You know, I was like, oh, perfect. And we fight him to the belt. Like I knew exactly the path that was going to happen, especially after watching the fight and how he's beating up on Aljamain. It's just such a bonehead mistake. And I know he's kicking himself in the butt for it, but, um, you know, they won't, they won't deny the inevitable for so long. We'll, we'll be able to fight here soon.
5: Hey, uh, TJ two two questions. Um, so I'm a big fan going back to the, uh, you know, Miller Bisping days. Uh, do you keep in touch with those guys? And also who taught you all those combinations? It's, it's, it's a, uh, you're more than a master lock out there with all those combos.
6: I appreciate it. Um, I, I see Bisping every now and then he lives in Southern California. It's actually pretty close to where I live. Um, so I see him at the Ruka gym every now and then and him being a commentator, you know, probably run into him here and there. I have not seen Miller. Um, I heard that he kind of fell off the deep end a while ago. I know he got into some trouble, and, um, you know, you always hope that it's nothing um, CTE-related, but he kind of, I mean, his personality is kind of out there anyways, but just got into yeah. some trouble, you know, and, and I hope the best for him. I haven't really heard of what he's up to, um, but business still around. And then teaching me combos-wise, I mean, I, I was a good fighter when I was an ultimate fighter, but I was mainly a wrestler, you know, I was training a team off the mail with a bunch of uh, what I would call my big brothers at the time, and just, we would fight every day we didn't really have a coach you know i didn't really have a coach teaching me the ins and outs it was just kind of being tough and being a wrestler
5: yeah it's a bit until unorthodox met- so it's 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 like i mean i watch those combos and from my former training to see some of those combos when you throw a kick sometimes it comes out of nowhere it's uh it's awesome to watch it's so much fun
6: thank you man i appreciate it And i owe that to Dwayne ludwig so that's what i was getting to is the fact that i was training at alpha male and until i really got a real coach like uh Dwayne ludwig he uh, came into team off and turned all his wrestlers into strikers. He actually moved back to Colorado. I followed him out there. Um, and He's the guy that's kind of turned my stand-up into being, being as dynamic as it is, You know, to fight from Southpaw, fight from Orthodox, have all that different kind of movement. And, and the most dangerous thing is being able to throw strikes at all times. No matter what position I'm in, I can, I can strike to where a lot of boxers, and a lot of other fighters, they have to be in their – in their stance. They have to be in that orthodox stance. They have to cut certain angles to, to stay in their stance to where um, the angles that I cut are a lot faster because I'm able to fight either direction, you know, and and I feel like I was the first to, to, to start doing it. And you really start seeing it when I started fighting Mike Easton. I beat Brow for the first time. Um, I was like really when the people started first learning to switch their stance and fight both stances and it kind of evolved the game and now you see a lot of guys doing it for instance the guy cory sanhague that i'm fighting is very good at fighting out of both stances you know it's something that uh his athleticism lets him get away with it and um yeah that
4: was a great upset yeah, so when,
6: it, you, when you took down the brazilian
5: was that was a great upset twice you took him down so
1: yes sir so it's all well documented that, you know, the, the, you know, the rivalry with alpha male and, you know, it's, it's bad blood. Has that simmered down a little bit now that you beat Cody Garbarat twice convincingly, or is it still, is there still that, that, you know, that little edge there between the two camps? No, they've been in the
6: rear mirror, man. After I, I I knocked out Cody twice in less than three rounds, it's kind of been, they don't have much room to talk. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it, they're in the rear mirror i mean I, I took the number one guy and i crumpled him up and threw him away you know and he's uh i mean that, that's one thing when, when i fight someone and i really beat them just like i did with brow i kind of steal their souls you know i steal their confidence um him brow was 32 and 0 for pound best guy in the world and i ran through him the first time they gave him an immediate rematch and i ran through him again and knocked him out once again and now he's you know I really, I mean, I wish the guy the best, but I I snatched his confidence from him, you know, and I've kind of done the same thing with Cody Garbrandt, I beat him back to back, and now he's on a big time skid, he's lost four out of his last five matches, and I think he's gonna have to drop the 125s to keep his name even relevant within the UFC, you know, otherwise he's gonna have to find a different promotion. Um, so those guys are in the rear view mirror and I'm looking on to bigger, greater
1: things. Are, are you, are you more comfortable fighting at, at band weight or flyweight? Because you can go down to either one. You're, you know, you're in you know, great condition. You don't have to drop that much weight to drop down the, to the flyweight division, but are you more comfortable fighting band weight?
6: No, I actually do have to drop a lot of weight to get to flyweight. And so, I mean, you kind of hit, hit uh, um, you know, the, the problem to begin with is that's why I got in trouble. That's why I was on a two year layoff. I tried to do something that my body didn't want to want to let me do. I'm a very lean, always on diet um, athlete. I walk around right now at 158 pounds of probably like seven eight percent body fat, and I got to weigh 135 pounds. Wow. Um, and so, I that they offered me since I
1: was six.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, no.
3: Hey, that's the serious body weight yeah. right there, boy. Body you're fat. Used to, you're used to dropping weight as a wrestler, right? I mean, that's something that you Yeah,
6: do. yeah. I mean, it's a lot of water weight, right? And that's yeah. what I figured. And so, I, I thought that I could make 125s, and I, I wanted the challenge. I was going to be a two-division champion. I decided to drop down 125s to fight Henry Segudo, and... Shoot, man, I mean, I started 12 weeks out, started to cut weight. When I got about six weeks out, my body went full-blown anemic. Um, I didn't want to train oh. in the morning. My body my body was always cold. I had no energy. Um, and so I took an anemic medication that I knew I was not allowed to take, um, kind of taking that shortcut to be able to feel my best. I felt, like, I felt like a shell of myself, you know, being T.J. Dillashaw, being like this big pound-for-pound pound on the list, like being one of the best fighters there is, and then feeling just like a shell of yourself. Well, didn't feel very good going into like the biggest fight of my life, and so I took an anemia medication that I was not allowed to take, and I knew I wasn't allowed to take it, but I was told that I wouldn't get in trouble, and that's what got me in trouble. And that's why I got banned for for two years. I got caught, I failed a drug test, and um, and I'm paying my dues. And that's why I said karma's a bitch. You know, I lost that fight, and I don't think I should have. Um, but I'm kind of glad I did because if I would have went and won that fight and then got in trouble, it would have looked even worse. And you know, it, what goes around comes around. My mom's always told me that, and now it's proven fact right in front of my face. Um, so, yeah, I mean, on your topic of asking if I can fight flight weight, I can't. I'll, I'll never try it again. Um, It was an insane amount of work and my body pretty much was telling me that I was dying, you know, so uh,
1: Mm.
6: it was something that wasn't wasn't healthy for me and uh, I paid the price.
1: Well, you know what? The one thing I liked about you, though, you owned up to it. You didn't hide or cower behind it, make excuses. You know, you owned up to it. You took your punishment. You weren't talking trash while you were sitting out and, you know, you, you owned up to it. Some guys don't ever want to own up to their mistakes. And, yeah. you know, they keep getting passes after passes after passes in the UFC. And I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm not saying any names. You might come after me.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I don't want that smoke unless I got a 38. No, <laughs> 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 nah, I ain't mess with him, boy. <laughs> but TJ know what I'm talking about. So so at that same time, you owned up to it, man. I think that that gave a lot of people a lot of a different look at you, respect you a, a lot more Cause you easily could have just made all kind of excuses and I did this because of this and you didn't, you owned up to it.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that was the, the best, the best way to go about it. You know, I got a three year old son and I'm already embarrassed of what I did and to go and hide behind it and make excuses, this and that's kind of teaching the wrong thing, you know? So, um, to be honest, man, the two years was actually quite a blessing. You know, the first six months didn't feel like it. The first six months I was, you know, it it was a shit show. It sucked, man. I mean, down in the dumps, I went through double shoulder surgery because I've been needing to get them for like the last four years I was fighting. I had two blown out shoulders that I was kind of doing whatever I possibly could to keep, keep the fight ready. You know, they were dislocating, you know, once or twice a month. I had full tear my rotator cuff. I had a full, uh, a partial tear of my labrum. Oof. And so I got, I got double shoulder surgery as soon as I got suspended. As soon as I found out I failed the drug test, I knew I was gonna be suspended for two years. I made the appointment to get shoulder surgery. So the first six months were hell, man. I mean, going through just the media, um, just getting bashed, you know, and then also being laid up on the couch on some pain meds, dealing with, uh, shoulder surgery, that six months sucked, you know, but then Like I said, I got a three-year-old son. He was only a year and a half when when all this happened. And so I actually got to spend some real quality time uh, with him. I got to spend some quality time on my businesses. And now I'm to the point to where I don't have to fight for money. You know, I don't have to go out there and worry about this next fight for my paycheck. You know, you get paid to win. You get paid paid to show and you get paid to win. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I get to go out there and do it because I I love to fight because I'm just a – I'm just a mean motherfucker that wants to beat people up. You know, so, uh, it, it's, it's a good feeling to not have to, you know, I mean, it'll always be still a job, right? But it's not, it's not my only form of income. So it's a pretty good stress reliever on that. So the two years was the blessing. I would never choose to do it again. Um, But I used the, the time wisely. Um, I'm coming back great and uh coming back on the right mindset, you know? So there's always going to be, the naysayers, there's always gonna be people talking shit. There's always gonna be, you know, things that I've done, but it, it's something that's that's the whole point of, of not making those mistakes, you know? And I gotta pay for it. And so, man up being the the the, the bigger man and being strong, being, being mentally strong is one of my biggest attributes, I believe, and so this thing I'm able to uh, put behind me.
1: i tell you what, the one thing I, I really appreciate about all fighters, and that's why I'm a big fan of you guys, you guys risk your life to fight. You know, any any time you step in a ring could be the last time you step in a ring and you guys go in there. You have like, you know, some of these fighters have no insurance. There's no unions. There's no nothing to protect you. You know, after fighting like the other sports, basketball, football, you know, we all have insurance and we have things to look after us when we were done playing the sports. And I don't think people understand how difficult it is and how hungry you guys actually are when you first started this because, you know, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to earn a living. You know, and then you're also trying to not get hurt to the point where you know you won't be able to do this again. So there's a fine line as a UFC fighter, and and I think people just you know they come out and they see you guys fighting and and they don't understand what you guys have to do with you know do outside of this sport. Uh, You don't have anybody watching your back. You know, you got to get out there and win. And you're very fortunate because you've won championships. You put yourself on big money fights. And there's a lot of young kids coming up that they may not ever get to that level. They may not ever make any money, and it's really sad. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It, it will change. You know,
6: it, it definitely will. It has to, just like every other sport, every other sport goes through these growing pains and um, it, it'll eventually happen. I don't know if it'll happen within my career, but it will happen. It's so mainstream now. It's such, I mean, look, I'm on a podcast talking to you guys about about this great sport um, and you guys are huge in the basketball, you know? So it's like the, the, the amount of celebrities and other athletes and other professional athletes are now such big fans of the UFC And as you see now going public, eventually it'll happen, you know, um, it's just, it's just a matter of time.
2: You know, for those watching on YouTube and really you should always check out, give me the hot sauce and watch all the fun on YouTube. I look at that show uh, window over your right shoulder and I keep waiting for some guy to go flying through the window, like in an old Western. <laughs> like an old Western. Maybe that's part of your training. <laughs> Throw the bad guy in the black hat through the window. You know, um, <laughs> so
4: Oh my 40, god! You know,
6: I'm, I'm, I'm down in uh, San Juan, Capistrano. San Juan, Capistrano. My off days are Wednesdays. So I actually brought my son down here. There's like a little petting zoo. He's obsessed with Guinea pigs. So it's wow. <laughs> like, <a, there's laughs> like a Guinea pig uh, petting zoo down here. So me and my wife brought him down here on my day off. And, uh, Kind of decided to get some some downtime, you know. So I got to make sure, you know. Even though I'm training my butt off, I train so hard on Tuesday that I make sure I take Wednesdays off. You know, I pick it back up. I train so hard on Saturdays that I take my Sundays off. And you got to once you once you become very smart in this game. I mean, I've been doing this for 12 years now. Uh, when I first started, I did not do this. When I wrestled, I did not do this. I put my body through the ringer. I, you know. Put my cortisol to the roof, the stress levels to the roof. I wasn't recovering the right way, and I wasn't able to perform to, the, to my best ability. And now that I've gotten so smart and got with the right coaches and, and I've turned this in, I mean, the sport has now grown so much that you have to be on top of your game, nutrition wise, strength, conditioning wise, technique wise, that, you know, I learned to, to taper my training. So my Wednesdays are my day off. So I'm down enjoying some time with family.
3: Hey TJ, we have some fun on this show. We go off the wall, and I know you wrestled in high school and in college at Kyle State Folden. And just uh can you humor me and just tell me what your favorite wrestling movie of all time is?
6: Oh man, there's not very there's not very many wrestling movies. <laughs> Wrestling's not like that, that big of a, a popular sport, you know? Um, but, uh,
1: Vision Quest man, <laughs> yeah, I mean,
6: it, 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 it's, it's gotta be Vision Quest I mean it's only one like you, look, DJ you, you,
1: you remind know? me of Shoot Yeah, yeah you, you look like Shoot in you. Yeah you got a little Shoot <laughs> in you you're like, You know badass nobody got, wanna got, mess got, with, got, him. <laughs> with him Oh man yeah That's a good comparison Shoot, you look you like shoot. Make it. <laughs> shoot was a bad <laughs> dude sure,
6: Hell yeah man I mean I, Growing up watching that I and mean, the guys cutting weight and Being like such a tough sport I mean they somewhat Kind of get it with in that movie right but wrestling is not like there's no glamour in wrestling right Wrestling's like a hard nose like no one wants to do wrestling like you got to be tough as shit that's why all the most of the best fighters in the world come from the wrestling background as long as they can pick up striking and all the other aspects in MMA because of the mentality that wrestling brings to you like it's still today even all the stuff that I train wrestling is by far the toughest sport um I got my strength conditioning coach Sam Calvita that's got the who's who of the wrestlers that are on the Olympic level. And they're all showing up here actually tomorrow and Friday to come do some testing and do some strength conditioning and do their VO two max. And I'm nervous just to be around those guys. Cause I know how hard I'm going to have to push just to keep up with them. And I'm the best in shape athlete. There is in MMA, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, wrestling is just a hard nosed, toughest sport in the world.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. So, so now you yeah. look at, you look at the next fight coming up, the next big fight with Connor and Dustin Poirier. Who do you got yeah. in that fight in the third in the trilogy? Who do you got?
6: Man, um, you know I think Conor can come out and really change up his style a little bit. You know he's got that wide stance, and Poirier did a very good job of taking out that front leg. Because that's a, you know that's a that's a disadvantage you have with such a wide stance. But the advantage of having that wide stance is that you can you can move a lot more and you can put some power in your hands, right? But every, for every advantage, you also have a disadvantage. So I think Conor will be smart enough to switch up a little bit. And you saw how much, um, Connor had a uh, success in his hands early on before he kind of gassed out and got his leg kicked up too much. So I think, think it'll be a different fight. Um, I think Connor's actually going to come out with the win. You know, I think he's going to have to, uh, get back to the old Connor ways and, uh, be that cocky son of a bitch that gets in the win and, and believe in it like no other, you know, he came out a little bit too, too happy, too easy, go go too easy going. And, uh, Think he paid the price for it, so I think it will come out and be a little more vicious.
1: This do, time. do you think he? You know, I mean, you're there. You're a fighter. You see it every day. Do you, do you think that Conor McGregor, with all the success that he had outside of the UFC, with the Floyd Mayweather making all the the money outside, and his own yachts and everything with all these Rolexes, that's not how UFC fighters you know live. You know, no, and and no. yeah, no, no. So <laughs> so so when you look at a guy like that, and you're hungry. Yeah you're hungry. You've yeah. always been hungry. Okay. And here's a guy that makes all this money. He doesn't even have to fight anymore. Do you think yeah. that he loses that hunger and he comes in and he's just like, I'm just doing it. Cause you know, I'm going to get this money at the gate. I'm going to be a big draw, blah, blah, blah. But he, he's not really into the fight. Cause it didn't seem like he was too nice. And he wasn't the Connor that, you know, the, the jerk Connor that we always are so used to see it.
5: Just put gravel in his yeah. I mean, sheets.
1: exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think it's inevitable to lose a little bit of hunger when you're that
6: well off. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's i mean the fight life sucks bro fight camp is horrible like the work you got the work you got to put into it i mean it's horrible but i love i love i love how hard it is right i love that it's how hard i have to work every single day i love that i know that i'm gonna push harder than the next guy but i guarantee you you lose that hunger but that's why i believe that hunger is going to come back not for financial reasons he don't have to fight for finances ever again i mean his proper whiskey is going to set him up forever, you know, like that good. Floyd Mayweather. Mm. He's been smart with his money. He's done very good things. And um, you can hate the hate on the guy early, but for everything he's done for the sport and done for himself, like more power to him. But he lost that hunger because of the finances. But now I think he's going to get that hunger back because of being embarrassed.
4: Yeah. You well, know, well,
6: like you're, you're Conor McGregor and and, and you're going out and, and getting pieced up like that not having the record that he's had early on his career, I think he's going to give him the motivation to, Get back in there and maybe be a little more hungry. We'll see. I mean, there's only one way to find out, and that's on fight night, but that's just my prediction. My prediction is he'll be hungry because he doesn't want to get embarrassed. He doesn't want to go out and lose the poye again. Not saying that it's embarrassing to lose the poye, but I, I just know deep down inside of him, he holds himself to a very high standard, right? He, he's I mean, he, he was the most confident guy I've ever been around. Before he should even been confident, you know, like
4: when I, was, <laughs> when
6: I was a champion and Conor McGregor made it into the UFC and he's walking around like he's hot as shit. I'm like, hey, what, Like, who are you to be talking like the way you're talking? You know? But I really believe the way that he believed in himself is what got him to where he's at. Like, you yeah. have to have—you have to have that belief. And if you wouldn't have had that belief, he would have lost and all the shit talking he would have done. He would have been a—he uh, would have been a joke. He would an absolute joke, and it would have been easy to. Get rid of that guy and go move on to the next. But because he was able to talk all that crap and back it up and have the confidence, he became a superstar. Me, fought Floyd Mayweather within three years of being in the UFC and making 150 million dollars. I mean, that's unheard of. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah, yeah, crazy. Well, and now it's you see easy. it. Now you see everybody else trying to get into the boxing game. You got Tyron Woodley yeah. going to fight Jake <laughs> Paul now. I'm going <laughs> to tell you right now. I'm going to say, and, 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 and T Dub, I love T Dub. But if you yeah. take an L to this dude. I'm. Go- yeah. I mean, Ben Askren. He looked like somebody's dad out there.
4: He looked like somebody's dad <laughs> was out Supreme. there fighting.
1: He got knocked. I mean, he got starched. And I'm yeah. like, come on. Yeah. I knew he was going to lose because he doesn't. He, he doesn't even hit hard in the UFC. Nope. See, like guys like nope. yourself, you know, you would have a chance because you're good with your hands. Woodley has great hands and great speed, mm-hmm. which I believe will be a problem. I was arguing with my son today. My son's like, oh, he's gonna get knocked out like all the other UFC fighters. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I, I go, I go, dude, he might have bit off more than he can true with Woodley. You know, forget forget yeah, yeah. what forget what Woodley was doing the last few fights in the in the UFC, you know, and, and yeah. forget that. But when it comes to to them hands, he's got power in them hands and he's fast. He's
6: he's got power. I just hope the old Woodley comes out
1: and he lets him go. You know yeah. what I mean?
6: Like back when same exact thing, back when Woodley was hungry, man. Like we're talking about this hunger. And Woodley got into rapping and oh, being in movies. Yeah. And this and yeah,
1: that. TMZ, and TMZ every day.
6: Yeah. It's like, bro, you, you can't forget what got you there. You know, you yeah. can't forget that hunger, that passion, that like no one's gonna fucking beat me mentality <laughs> because you will get beat. You know, he, in his last few fights, we, we, he's an athlete and he, you look at him and he looks like his muscles are going to rip out of his skin but he wasn't using, you know, he wasn't like, he needs to be a killer again. He needs to go out there and like, and I think, I mean, at least I hope so. I mean, I know it would for me like going out there and fighting Jake Paul, a YouTuber on, on, and millions and millions and millions <laughs> of people are going to watch like, you better be fucking hungry. Bro.
1: Yeah, like, you don't want to be in
4: that. You know? yeah. But you you can, better
1: be hungry because you know what? Because when you see a UFC fighter now, Ben Askren shouldn't have been in there. That was a, that was a no. handpicked fight. He should he shouldn't that have been in smart. there. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, but but a guy like Woodley, who's well respected in the UFC community by fighters and by fans, now if he walks in there and gets starched. That that like yeah. that, I know UFC fighters got to be like man this is some this is some bill shit right here somebody got to fight this dude I'm tired of him whooping yeah. all of us they they're whooping all the bums I need to get in there with this dude
6: I know man I know it's crazy but I mean if they're the only ones bringing attention to boxing right now you yeah know, it's crazy thing yes. it's a crazy thing that these YouTubers are the only thing that's keeping boxing alive you know because yeah. I mean you think about fighting you're watching the UFC you know but I mean. They're, they're doing the, the, the boxing a service I guess you know but it's also making it a sideshow it's also turning it into like this ridiculous thing but I will say that I was uh, at least somewhat impressed with how much better Jake Paul has gotten compared to what you've seen in the past you know so he's, yeah. he's at least working hard and he's hungry right like he doesn't need it for the money he's doing it just for the, for the, the passion of wanting to do it he's young and he's hungry so Woodley just got just how small hungry and he'll, he'll put him away like yeah. he knows he's he been competing his whole life. So come out hungry, come out guns a-blazing, and uh, he'll get it done.
2: Well, we know TJ Dillashaw has the hunger. We wish you the best of luck next month against Corey Sanhagen and hopefully get that championship belt back by the end of the year. Thank you so much for taking time to join us. and hell Give yeah. me the hot sauce. Hey, we appreciate it. And if you it.
1: ever come back to the Bulls game, Make sure you come yeah, say yeah. what's up. You know, we, we took a picture at half court. Nice. I got him down on the yeah. floor. And uh, oh, yeah. I was I was like 10 feet taller than the TJ, but he's still can, <laughs> So TJ, I ain't going to be embarrassed to say, TJ, you you took me down, baby. You got me in a rear naked choke. You got me down. You broke me down to a fraction, baby.
4: I'll
0: be wearing your exit shirt in a couple of weeks.
6: Oh, heck yeah, man. I, well, I appreciate you, guys. I appreciate the love. I appreciate you having me on. I'll definitely be up back out in Chicago. My manager lives out that way, so I always come out and visit him. And he, he we're both uh, big time Bulls fans. You know, I mean, how could you not be a, a Bulls fan growing up the age I am and, and having Michael Jordan, obviously, and, and just the team that they have? And, and that the whole documentary that came out just makes you even more intrigued on the Bulls, right? Yeah. Um, so I'll be back out there watching another game. And uh, it's just so awesome to, to see the support we get now for the MMA from all these other professional athletes and, and as a sport. So, I, again, I greatly appreciate it.
2: So, check it out. UFC Fight Night 192 coming up on July 24th. TJ Dillashaw, our special guest. Good luck in that bout, and we look forward to visiting with you again Get that in the future. belt back, baby.
4: Yeah.
1: We're going Three time band weight champion, baby. Get it back, TJ. That's right. That's what I will do. All right, guys. I'm going. Thanks, Brother. baby hair. Baby hair.
2: Great to visit with TJ Dillashaw, a great guest here on Give Me the Hot Sauce. And he mentioned Conor McGregor. You guys catch the Twitter beef between our guy Al Foren <laughs>
1: and, and Conor
2: McGregor? And I, and I thought I thought it maybe was a setup for an Al bit. Yeah. And, he, and he did do a funny bit where he was impersonating all these guys, talking about going up against Conor. But Conor, I guess, was legitimately pissed at, at the at the impersonation. That's the that. what it seemed like. And
1: yeah. he wanted to fight him for yeah. real. And now
2: and he's just taunting him, you know, yeah. with all the voices yeah. and coming back at him. I thought that was hilarious.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I mean, listen, hey, when you know you're good when – the people that you're imitating yeah. threaten you. Yeah,
2: and and then uh, you know it went the next step the next day where that McGregor posted a video of him working out and and Al just goes uh oh yeah. oh
3: that's just the way the Irish are. Al must Uh-oh. be feeling better, huh?
2: Now that he's doing that kind of stuff. Right yeah, there. he said he had another uh, jolt with the pacemaker, so he's do he's doing well. Awesome. definitely yeah, got to get him back it, on. There. You oh, got yeah, you got to yeah. check out our episode with Al Foren the. Uh, Impressionist, impressionist oh. Al on Twitter, he's just fantastic, and and the fact that he got under the skin of Conor McGregor just, <laughs> just made me laugh. That just I how thought talented. they knew
1: each other like they yeah. were cool. At first,
2: I thought it was, but then it yeah, turned out I, it was I started, real. I
1: started reading the, yeah. the, the back and forth, and I was like, Conor, look, like, he's really mad.
2: <laughs> I I told Al, I said that could be a pay per view, but you'd have to do all the guys' voices while you're fighting them, you know, and then get under <laughs> his skin a little bit. Hey, get you some money. Speaking of fighting, we, we were thinking about, you know, off the wall and different topics and uh and Stacy was telling us a story that he's going to retell for us here and uh, give me the hot sauce. The time that uh your older brother decided he's going to take the old man on. Huh?
1: Yeah, you know, we we <laughs> you know, we me and whispers were talking about, you know, when when we come of age as yeah. as a teenager, when we think that we know everything and we mm-hmm. think we're super strong and, you know, then we start kind of Looking at our dad a little bit different, you know, like yeah, you, you can't tell me what to do anymore. You right, know, you're like right. 14, 15 years old, and so you know, my older brother um, was married. You know, he was a bodybuilder. He was an MP uh, in the <laughs> army. Uh, won many bodybuilding contests. six, 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 five, You know, two thirty. Just, just ripped. Yo, was my idol. You know, yeah. and um, so my dad, my dad always tend to, you know, rub people the wrong way because he always, he was very opinionated and, you know, he was a psychology major. So he always wanted to let you know what he's thinking. So he went over and got in my, my brother. My brother and his wife were having some marital problems. And that's kind of a no-no for people to jump in someone else's. Yeah, marital but that, my yeah. dad didn't care. You know, James <laughs> King didn't care. So he's like, yeah, you know what? You know, he went over there and he took the side of my brother's wife. Which oh, that didn't yeah. that didn't sit well with my brother, and so my dad's home. He was still in the army at the time, and um, he's eating dinner. You know, he's you know he's got this Kimbo sliced beard. He's wearing a. <laughs> I can. I, I'm sitting here vision, He's like looking at it right now. He's got a white beater on. He's got his fatigues, and he's got his you know his his, his, his boots, his, his you know his uh, army boots on. And so he's sitting there eating. You know, he's eating, and you know you're a bad dude when you eat with two hands. Like most people, <laughs> most people just not even one hand. Yeah. you know, he's eating with two hands. Like, yeah. I mean, like not there's a rhythm, yeah. like it's like a rhythm, like he's in the speed bag. Like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So, so I, I knew he was a bad dude when he did that. So my brother comes in and he, he's, you know, he comes in the house and he starts really dropping the F bomb to my dad and tell him to stay out of my, you know, effing business. Yeah. And you don't, you know, I'm not, your, I'm not a kid anymore, you know? So my dad, you know, he's hearing all this. He's not even, he's still eating chicken. Just two hands eating chicken. He's not even phased yet. Not even phased yet. My mom's in the kitchen circling like a shark. Like she knows. She's she's getting ready. She's getting ready. Just in case something goes down. Lois King is ready. Because if you get one, you gotta fight both of them, okay? I'm at the bar. I'm at the bar and I'm watching How this. Old are I'm, you at I'm this probably time. about fourteen years right. old. So I'm watching this. I'm like, oh man, this is my, my dad's getting ready to get beat down. This is not a good sign. Because then I'm thinking to myself, if my brother, who's bigger than my dad, as far as like he's got more muscles, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, boy, my brother's going to kill my dad. So I got to jump in and help my dad. I got to fight my brother. And I got to help my mom. So it's going to be three against one. Okay, so that's how I thought the fight was going to go. I thought my brother's going to win the fight. Mm. Uh, sadly mistaken there, buddy. <laughs> it wasn't even close. My dad's sitting at the table. My dad gets tired of hearing my brother run his mouth. So finally my dad pushes away from the table, you know, he's, he gets up, he's got, you know, chicken all in his beard, a Kimbo slice. And then he, he commenced to tell my brother, so, uh, you're a man now. My brother said, I've been a man. Oh, really? So you're going to come in my house and disrespect me in front of my wife and kids. And, and you think I'm gonna let that go. He's like, listen, old man. When you tell you call your dad old man, yeah, it's on. Especially your dad is still kind of in his prime. You know, he's not like an old man like eighty years old. Like he's still in his prime. (laughs) My dad is like super. I mean, he had one of his fists look like the Incredible Hulk's fist. (laughs)
4: Like I wish I had my. I got big hands.
1: I got. I got big (laughs) hands. But my dad's hands are huge. Like he'd pick up a basketball look looked like a softball. That's how big his hands were. So you can imagine if one of them landed on you. Okay. <laughs> I'm just telling you. It wasn't a pretty sight. So, so my brother said, listen, I don't want to hurt you, old man. And so again. my dad said, yeah, I told him again. So my dad said, well, I'm just going to have to, we're going to have to test this chin. So he's he talking about it. You, you come get me. Let's see what you got. So my brother's like, look, I, I don't want to hurt you. So, my dad just starts walking towards him. And he's got the old, if you watch, go look up Archie Moore, America. Watch how Archie Moore fought as the heavyweight champion of the world. And he was the lightweight champion of the world and his style of fighting. That's James King right there. That's the look that my dad had, the Archie Moore look. So, I see my dad going there. My brother's like, you know, backpedaling a little bit. He's on his toes. It's, I'm like, oh man, this is going to be ugly. So, he, he hits a little jab. I could tell my brother didn't hit my dad with everything. He so got. He didn't really him. want to. He hurt didn't anything, want to fight him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do this old man. That's what he kept saying. Yeah. I don't want to fight you dad. Just go sit down and eat your chicken. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he jazzed my dad, my, jazz, my dad, my dad's like, is it all you got? <laughs> <laughs> So that upset my brother right there. Yeah. That made him say, okay, so you you really want this. Now b- Now it's on. Now, now it's on. Yeah. So my, my dad keeps with that Archie Moore, you know, the two arms up, you know, and he's like this, he's like this, ladies and gentlemen. You gotta be on YouTube to see how this looks. So this is how he look, okay? So my dad is just, you know, taking jazz, boom, boom, boom. So my brother slipped one in. He got him like on the eye, and it kind of grazed him. And my dad didn't even flinch. You know, I mean, I, I flinched for him. I was like, ooh.
4: <laughs> ooh,
1: ooh, ooh, Cause it, it did hit pretty hard. Yeah. My dad didn't even flinch. My dad backed him up. Now, now understand it's a small dynamics. There's not a lot of room in the in the house, okay? In the king house at the time, okay? So my dad got him up against the wall where the door was. So there's only one way in and one way out. So my dad got him up against the door and he, he commenced to break down and hit him with a body shot. Blow, Hit him in the like hit him in the kidney. And he literally broke right then and there. You oh, can see no. his you can see his soul leaving his body drifting up you know it was just it was drifting away it was yeah. just it was drifting away and I, you could hear it when you go <laughs> and so once my dad hit him with the right he came back up with the left hook Ooh. with one of those big freaking paws <laughs> connects boom and my brother's like whoosh and like knocked the taste out of his mouth you could just <laughs> see it flying you know so he he li- he, he, he literally gets knocked out and he's laying up against the door and he just slides down, you know, so his back's against the wall. So that's the end of it. No, that's not the end of it. Because <laughs> just like in WWE, there's a tag team partner, okay? And Lois King was a tag team partner. Oh, Two, things. She, oh. hey, she came in and I'm like, this is, what, this is what she did. So she's over there. She picks up a, a porcelain uh, Yadro um, thing, you know, and she walked over there and I'm like, I'm sitting over there like, no, mom, no, no, no. Don't you ever raise your hand to your father again? I brought you in this world, and I will take you out and hit him in the head with this porcelain thing and busted his head open. And so then, so then, that blood's everywhere. I'm like, I'm like, oh my god! I'm, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm over there just, just scarred for life. Yeah, my father's so dead. So then, my my dad goes, <laughs> all right, it's time for you to go. And he grabs him, <laughs> grabs him by the ankle, opens the door. And he pulls him out like a caveman, just pulls him out through there and then slings him in the yard like a bag of wheat.
4: Oh and so my God. brother was
1: in the yard for like a good 40 minutes. 40 minutes in the yard, shaking. I thought he was dead. I was like, Should we call 911? Get in your room, boy. I was like, Oh, shit. was hey, his wife okay. with him at the time?
2: Huh? Was his wife No, with no, she was He came okay. over on his
1: own. Because that'd be so, nasty
2: if she's standing there watching. Yeah, him. well, you know
1: what? She would have sided with my dad.
2: So she might <laughs> she
1: have also got a little cheap shot in there, too. She might have kicked him when he was down because that's how it all started. So, you know, so at that point, I was, it was like scared straight. I never oh, yeah. I never said I would ever raise my hand at my dad. I don't care how, what yeah. kind of superpowers I got.
4: There was a moment that uh-huh.
1: I, I almost like had that moment where I had to challenge my dad. So quick story. So I'm choosing between University of Maryland and Oklahoma. My parents wanted me to go to Maryland. They hated Oklahoma. They hated Billy Tubbs. And so I kind of chased a girl. To Oklahoma, she she.
2: That so, happens, yeah.
1: Yeah, we were supposed to go to Maryland together. She changed her mind like three days before national signing day and said she wanted to go to Oklahoma. She hit me with the tears; it got me. Mm-hmm. So I had to call Billy Tubbs up, say I was coming to Oklahoma. They didn't even have a scholarship; they they took it from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> they, yeah, they did. They took somebody's scholarship. I know who scholarship it is. Hey, listen, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I, I, it wasn't my fault. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. All's fair in recruiting. Yeah. 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 So so I go in the house. I got to tell my parents. So here we go. So my dad's sitting at the table, you know, anytime my dad's sitting at the table is not a good idea to break any kind of bad news or if you're in trouble, you don't want to, that's like, you know, you don't want to confront your dad when he's sitting at the table eating chicken and and he's just sitting at the table and he's been working all day. So then I go to him, I said, hey, I got something to tell you. Uh, I decided to go to University of Oklahoma and my mom is in the kitchen. Once again, that same scenario, <laughs> circling in the kitchen, <laughs> circling like a shark. And she goes, you are not going to Oklahoma. You are going to Maryland. I don't care what you are going. And so I turned to her and I said, well, listen, I'm, a, you know, I'm 18 years old. I can do what I want to do. You know, you guys yeah. don't have to pay for me to go to school. And so I don't have to, I can go wherever I want. You should be Thankful. Yeah. And then my dad, my dad goes, my dad goes, and you're following a piece of you know blankety blank to Oklahoma. You let this blankety blank convince you to go. And he was talking about my girl. So she was there, right? Yeah, she was there, right on the couch. So I turned over, I said, Hey man, you can't talk about my girl like that. What? What did you say? (laughs) And then my mom came back and was saying something behind me. So I turned to face her. So she's telling me about, you know, I shouldn't follow a piece of tail to Oklahoma. So I said, you know what? This conversation's over. I don't need to talk to you people. I made my decision and you know what? Deal with it. Oh, I don't know why I said that, but at the time, at the time it sounded really good. It sounded like I was mature and I was a man and I was pumping my chest up. Yeah, deal with it. Okay. So you remember the penny loafers with the penny?
3: Yeah. Okay. Sure. Remember how
1: remember they had the big heel on it. And you know how hard it was to get the penny in the shoe, you know, and how hard it was to get yeah. it out. Okay. So when I said deal with it. Before I got the last words <laughs> with it, my dad took a penny loafer that he had on, took it off, and he smacked me <laughs> in the ear. I'm surprised I don't have a cauliflower ear right now. He hit me so hard in the ear, like I heard a buzzing noise, like you know, bzz, like a bell ringing, yeah. and then and then the the coin went flying over there, and and I turned just off reaction because now I'm I'm angry. I'm hurt. I don't you know, I got you know, little tears coming down. I don't know if they were there. That's how hard the hit was. So I turned and I'm facing him. I'm like, what the F did you do that for? And he was like, what did you say? <laughs> and I said, what the F did you do this for? And he said, he tells me, he says, um, Oh, so you think you're a man. <laughs> so I'm like, no, I'm 18. I'm still a kid. Okay. I wanna go to, I wanna Leave go to alone. Oklahoma. You know, if I'd have said man, then he would have so so now I, I'm realizing I messed up. Like I'm saying, oh man, this is not a good sign, you know. <laughs> so my girlfriend's sitting on the couch and I'm giving her like the, the telepathy look. Like we're looking at each other like, let's get the hell out of here. I'm getting like, you know, doing one of these, like start the car Stop the car. <laughs> so so in order to get to the door, I would have had to go through my dad. And that wasn't gonna happen. So I had to jump over the couch like a hurdler to jump over the couch to get away because if he would if I went t- towards him I might have had the same fate that my brother was and then my mom come out of the kitchen and hit me with a pot or pan upside the head and I might not even be the same right now I might I might have PTSD because um that kind of hit you know what I'm saying so yeah. um I learned very oh, early you got PTSD Huh? You got PTSD. Uh, I, I, you know, I, all, I, all I can say is, you know what? What? All, all I can oh, say so that's is, him. That's, that's oh, the all I can say is, is that I learned at a very young age never to challenge your father. You know, yeah. and it's funny, it's funny now when you look at your kids and, you know, they all go through that stage, you know, where, you know, I always told my kids, I- I'm Simba and you always be Mufasa's. <laughs> okay. You're all little cubs. Okay. And sooner or later, you're going to turn into big lions. Okay. But as long as Mufasa's here, <laughs> Mufasa's the boss. And I've had some episodes with my boys when they tried to be men lions and uh, they learned really quick. Mufasa, <laughs> I might be old, but I ain't cold. Okay. Should,
2: should we let whispers tell a story yeah, like whispers, we, if whispers, we do, let's do, we have to give we the the, to. The, uh, the warning that this is only suitable yes. for mature audiences <laughs> <laughs> alright whispers get whispers well, well
5: we were talking about this the other day but uh, I I had the same note, notebook Stacy had uh, when I saw my big brother get dropped by my dad with a backhand after calling him an effing a-hole I said geez keep notes on that don't ever do that in the future so uh, a couple of years later somehow i got the muster up and after trashing one of his cars uh his car collector and uh i was paying him back some coin and uh i was peeling off some 20s tossed him an extra 20 and said Take that and get a get yourself a cheap piece of ass.
2: <laughs> and, uh, How old were you at the time? Uh,
5: I was uh, 19. Next thing you know, I was throttled up against the wall in a choke grip.
1: <laughs> yes, and pushed oh, up the wall. Man. You got him with the Dark Vader grip. <laughs> so, what, what possessed you to say that? Yeah, what? I mean, it's your father. Yeah, what? Well,
5: I had a couple of friends there thought I had some bigger balls and, <laughs> and I was entitled to. And next thing you know, oh my god! And, but same deal. Uh, he was uh, Mufasa, and I learned that lesson uh, fairly quick. <laughs>
2: And and what made him stop choking you? Did your mom intervene or what?
5: Uh, I think he realized I couldn't breathe and was turning purple. (laughs) The death was imminent. And a couple of my friends saying, um, I think you're killing him right now. Wow. um, Yeah, it was a
2: good lesson. Stinger, you want to tell your happy story no, or I, move on? I, 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 no, we have got to move on. We're all right. silence yeah, and yeah, rage. Yeah. And, you yeah, know what we're going to like things up a little bit. Because, 30
1: years of abuse for John. <laughs> 30,
3: 30 <laughs> no, years. I knew. I I saw it. <laughs> no way. Yeah. He,
2: he wants to tell the story. No, yeah, I yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, story yeah. to tell. Come on, be good therapy for you. No, nah, yeah, I've sit had the on
3: the therapy. Couch. Let it out. Let it out. Let it all out. We're not judging here. No, we're not judging here. We have some dysfunction, okay? So we're we're just going to leave it at that and no, my dad challenged everybody so there was no 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 way
2: you say it's like a hurricane it just,
3: he just destroyed everything in his past yeah police officers yeah wow, wow. It. yeah he was a rebel
1: and you know you know what's really surprising <laughs> he dude? Was a know, rebel. what's really surprising about john's story is because yeah. john may not be too far from his dad's like the temper because john mm-hmm. comes off as a nice guy i am and a nice john, guy. john will be john will like you know like as long as you treat John the right way, there's no problem. But if you cross John Walsh, it is oh, all. Yeah. You have never
2: experienced that personally. Oh have no, John's never attacked me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you no, know, John, me and John are boys. Yeah. Okay, but I've seen the wrath of John Walsh on other people. Okay, because we've yeah. had the, the same people he had problems with, I had problems with. So, yeah. so, so we both, you know, yeah. and but John is yeah. like John's this yeah. mild manner guy. He's like he's funny. He comes in, lights the mood, you know, tells you what you're gonna do. Here's what we're yeah. gonna do on the show day. Boom, 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 boom. But then if somebody crosses John Walls, <laughs> it could be, it could be ugly.
2: So, you, so you're saying he's kind of like the Incredible Hulk. You don't yeah. want to see him. Yeah, angry. you
1: don't want to yeah. see him angry. It takes <laughs> a lot to get him mad, but he's very mild mannered. Yeah, yeah Bruce he's Banner, very similar very to me. Yeah. Where it takes me, it takes a lot for me to get mad. Yeah, but once I get mad. I might I'm one of these people like if I'm fighting you and, yeah. and I'm you're unconscious I may still keep beating you because <laughs> I'm so mad yeah and I don't even know I don't even know that you're unconscious I'm just still assuming that we're fighting I'm just gonna beat you and matter of fact you might even be into the pavement and you're like Stacy Stacy get off him of he's dead <laughs> I don't care I told you not to mess with me I told you leave T- me alone TJ what? would be proud right now yeah oh. See, TJ <laughs> Dillashaw <T-J-Dilson laughs> would be proud of me
2: Who would have thought they would have therapy on Give Me the Hot Sauce?
1: I Uh, never
2: tried to challenge my dad. The only story I remember was, you you know, we'd have these big family get-togethers. Both my mom and dad were from huge families and there was a lot of alcohol being consumed. And my dad ran track in high school and he always used to brag about how fast he was. You know, when your your dad is older, (laughs) you think, he's not that fast. Yeah. So he wanted to challenge me to a race, you know, three doors down. He he was like, he says, I I can beat you a hundred meter champion in high school and all this. I, I was probably about 12 or something like that okay. so you you know he's he's about 40 and and he still thought he could run pretty fast so <laughs> so you know everybody lines up and uh you know somebody says go and, and he gets off to a good start and he's doing okay and, and you know after about Twenty yards. It just went right past him and won the race. <laughs> beep, beep. And the bad thing he was, waving at him, you know, he had had a big meal and a lot of beer, and I thought he was going to have a heart attack and die right on the spot because he was in no condition to run hundred yards but, at any speed. So but that, Mark,
5: did he spill the beer in that race?
2: No, he wasn't carrying the beer. <laughs> okay, I mean, that, was, that can slow you down. <laughs> Hey, that's the Milwaukee way. You never yeah, lose right. a drop of beer. You can lose a race, but you Thank cannot you, lose any man. beer. That's the Kelly
5: way, too. Yeah. Uh, well,
2: funny. after this therapy session, I think we're going to lighten yes. it up. we got a friend of the show in the On Deck Circle, a guy we call the warrior. That's next. Warrior. Uh, give me the hot sauce. Come on, Come on and Hey. <laughs> <laughs> True therapy session.
7: Regulators. Regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good too, but you can't be any geek off the street. Got to
2: handy
7: <laughs> with the steal if you know what
2: I mean. Earn keep. Bringing something different to episode 31. To give me the hot sauce. That's some special introductory music for our next guest, a friend of the show, Howard Kinzel, better known as the Warrior. Stacy, how do you know our guy Howard?
1: Me and the Warrior go back to our days at Sirius XM when I used to be on there at like 5.30 right. in the morning with Frank Isola. <laughs> and I started with Frank Isola. And so Warrior was one of our our all like our all-time favorite call-in guests. Okay. Okay. So I always loved talking to him. But but Frank Isola, <laughs> Frank Isola, something with south between the Warrior and Frank Isola that, that, you know, I don't know, I don't know exactly what happened. All I know is Warrior was banned oh, in every no. serious Penny, XM right? platform. Wow,
2: that's cold. What happened, Warrior? Tell us that story.
7: Well, here's the deal, bud. You wanna play? You wanna prove the bear? Then don't get mad when the bear bites you back, you know. And uh look, I love Stacey. I didn't like the way they treated them. You know, so what? I, you know, I'm banned. You know, I'm banned in more places than the Bible, hated more places than Jesus. But I got a platform. You can You can mute me, but you can never silence me. I love the sport, and I'm going to bring it strong, and I'm not going to back down from anybody.
1: One of the most knowledgeable fans as far as Basketball and sports. He's a big MMA guy. He used to send videos to Frank. He told Frank he was gonna he was gonna beat him down and beat him <laughs> like a pretzel. And he'd send these 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 videos of him actually hitting the heavy bag, doing taekwondo moves and stuff. It's like stinger. Yeah, no, no. This was this is way. No, this was legit. No, no, no. This was legit. legit. And, and Frank I solo. Frank I solo when he saw the video, <laughs> was and I was laughing. Crap. I'd be laughing. I'm like, man, you better leave the warrior alone, boy. You might have to get security <laughs> to take you to your car. And then then he thought he took it seriously. Then they banned. Him, you know, because they, they felt like he was threatening him or whatever, and then they try to they try to get him off Twitter. You know, I mean, he I love the guests who are interactive. You know, yeah. interactive. He was very interactive. I always thought that he had a point. You know, he always made his point, and it you know it's about opinions. You know, sometimes people don't like opinions, and I, I thought that they didn't like his opinions of, of what he had to say, especially when it came to the Warriors, and um, they did their best to to mute him. <laughs>
2: You know, a guest is legit when he's got his own monitor behind him with a background that he can put in there. That's good. Yeah, that's, <laughs> an, that's an A list guest there, yes, Warrior. Yes,
1: man.
7: Hey, that's strong. That's strong. And you know what? A shout out to the fine folks at uh, Twin Wolves uh, MMA out in clean uh, Texas, for letting me use their gym for props at five thirty in the morning. <laughs> oh
4: yeah.
1: Now, how long have you been? How long have you been uh, involved in MMA? How long have you been like actually doing it?
7: Well. Actually doing it, it's like somebody saying, hey, I train UFC. But really what I did is it's I like was Whispers. all about <laughs> If I could somebody <laughs> work out with me and I got a certificate. Hey, look, I like hitting people, but I, I, I damn sure hate getting punched in the face. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Workouts and, and getting them guns up big and yeah, all about the image and the branding. You know all about branding, states. Yes, sir.
2: Yes, yeah, everybody's sir. got a plan to they like, get punched in the face,
1: right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Stick and move, baby. Bob and weave. <laughs> Duck. Learn how to, to learn how to get off the target line. Don't just sit there and be a target in the so, face.
3: So warrior, now that you've been banned from serious, Do you do you actually listen or watch our show? I,
7: I listen and watch your show, and I and I haven't been banned from Mad Dog. Even though I, I there's a, it, all you got to do is video of Mad Dog and, and the Warrior of Mad Dog Sports, and you'll see where I caught him saying a lot of things <laughs> that would uh, get people kicked off the air. And uh, look, let's just say the Warrior's been woke for his entire life. This ain't something new to me. So that's what happened with uh, them. I listen every now and then, not to the NBA radio. I listen to you guys. Uh, I'll listen to some shows just because I'm driving and I can't read the newspaper and text while I'm driving.
1: Not a good idea. No, uh, no not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So, what's, what's, what 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 do we what can we expect from the Warriors now that the season's over and they're going? You know, they're going to be better next year with Clay. And you know, what what, are, what is your vision of what the Warriors are going to be next year and the year on? Are they are they a championship caliber team or do they have to go out and get well, some more you know, people?
7: Got real good seats to the playoffs, but uh, there are some changes that need to be made. Hey, look, Draymond Green came on. He was Draymond. Like, we haven't seen Draymond in a while during the playoffs. Curry was hurt off and on all season. Uh, The question was whether or not they're going to sign Ubre. But if you look at the record, the record was a lot better with Ubre out. You got Thompson coming back next year. A couple of changes. Don't know what's going on with that pick. But the window is now. Like, before they had a two- to five-year window or a one-year window or whatever, the window is now. They have to win next year or they're not going to win.
2: What do you think of Draymond's work on TNT? Have you watched any of that this week? He's been filling in for the guys. Got some nice drip going, that's for sure.
7: Uh, you know what? I was going to ask him to let me borrow some of that Jerry Carroll too. Sure a- <laughs> i will trying to take a picture and make one myself. But no, he's good. He, when he's really going to get good is when he really gets comfortable because nobody can talk like Draymond, well, unless it's Barkley. So that's a great dichotomy. I would love to see him when he retires get up there because – Let's face it, uh, as they say about Kenny Smith, has kind of just a water boy now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it It's going to be a good avenue for him because he he's also a guy that, that's not afraid to say what's on his mind. And in that platform, boy, they're going to have to, they yeah. probably have to have a lot of beeps. He's got a big future in the business. <laughs> yeah. There's no question about
2: it because he's got strong opinions. What do you think about all this fan unrest going on around the league? It's, it's been kind of crazy, almost out of control. And people have kind of hypothesized that it's it's everyone finally getting to go out again after the pandemic and they're, they're cutting loose. But it's like, if you can't control yourself in a public arena, there's no place for you. And that's my opinion anyway.
7: I agree with you hundred percent, but getting uh, get into your latter point. I uh, dream can say what he wants as long as he doesn't say it about Tristan Thompson. But, uh, <laughs> no, if you look at, uh, at what's been going on, I mean, uh, Steve Smith tried to uh, tie it to the, the George Floyd, but what those two morons in, uh, in, in Boston and New York, mm-hmm. those guys probably never looked at a TV, uh, uh the news in their life. They're just idiots. And I can understand a little bit of the hatred because Ty, uh, Kyrie left. But what's going on now, a, a ban from life isn't going to cut it. Those, those guys, we need to talk about some serious jail time. You yes. can't be running on the court. You can't be – you put everybody in jeopardy, even if it's just a plastic bottle. You can't do it. You, you, let's not put those guys on TV anymore. And I said that before. I got a little thing about when Russell Westbrook a couple of years ago. Let's not make put them on TV. Let's not show them being cuffed. Let's not show who they are. Let's do like we do when they put people run on the field. And then you know what? When you get them off camera, then you give that big uh, whatever you could do. If it's worth, but a year in jail? Then so be it. That'll stop people from doing it. Once the penalty becomes uh, more than the fun of throwing it, people will stop.
1: I agree with you. That's one of the things that I totally agree with you with. Is that when you start putting these people in jail and start giving them some jail time? That's going to send a strong message for anybody else who wants to jump out on the floor and do something stupid. There, there's no, there's no place for uh, fans. Can sit in their seat. You can curse. You can say whatever you want. You can be angry. You can say whatever you want. But when you cross the line of verbal to physical, mm-hmm. now, now if the player goes up into the stands and hits a hits a person then they're gonna get sued. They're gonna get arrested. They're gonna be charges filed. So why shouldn't it be any different for a fan who does the same thing? If you're gonna throw a bottle at somebody, would you do that on the street? Would you walk up to Warrior and say, Warrior, you suck, and hit you in the head with a bottle? No, they wouldn't, because they know they would get pile piledrived and stomped out. So they're not gonna do that. They feel safe to do it in arenas, and I think as long as you're just gonna just escort them out the, the door, give them a little TV time, and say you're banned from coming in the arena, how, how do you regulate that fan coming Back in the arena, he could come back. Somebody could buy tickets for him. He could, there's no way in the world to keep that guy out the arena. You can get
2: a Bobby Valentine mustache, Don't recognize him. Yeah, nice
1: exactly. I mean, you you dress up like the Warrior, you walk out right <laughs> in there, they went in, Oh, there's Warrior. <laughs> oh no, not no, Warrior, but I'm gonna get in now. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got
4: about
7: 15 different uh, personalities, and I can dress as each of them. But uh, as you you know, when you look at the you, you make an, a very interesting point: is that who's going to know who these guys are? Now look. The only benefit of going to jail is maybe they can meet somebody who'll be a part of their the rest of their life.
4: But the-
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> uh, and Warrior said it with a straight face, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even laugh. No, yeah, yeah. it,
7: it, it 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 can't be condoned. It it, it can't happen. Look, about the, two years ago, uh, I had Zalana on some platform, and I was doing a tribute to uh, uh, Nipsey Hussle. And I was talking about brothers dying on the streets and people are dying on the streets for far or less of uh, what they're saying to uh, Russell Westbrook. So if, if you're going to have the guts to bring it, let's bring it in on formats. Let's do it when he's outside in the parking lot. And if you have the guts to do that, you're a bigger man than me. But we can't make heroes of these people. We can't interview them multiple times and let them get their side of the story. You're wrong. You're, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. You need to be escorted out of the building. And spend some serious time in jail
2: hey before we get out of here stinger grab grab a bottle of that hot sauce show uh, show warriors your guy stacy king has become so big he has his own product line now <laughs> you know sauce, i think king. we should sign you up to be to hawk his uh, hot sauce take a look at this on the screen stinger's holding it up now They give me the hot sauce he's got different varieties of it now oh, saint pat's awesome. verde
7: yeah, I could be the boss with the sauce, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. We were to steal that one, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> boss with the sauce.
6: We, got, the we got our marketing guy.
1: Yeah. As Stacy. likes to
2: say.
7: My Twitter. If you can get me some more followers, because it's one thing, it's like going out there and giving the best speech ever and you turn around and nobody's in the room, so it's not a very good speech. So I would like to increase my, like, my Twitter following, I, I'm sorry, I just get, can't keep look, quit looking at myself on the camera. I <laughs> 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 love being a, a a part of this. Stacy, you're you're all right with me. I was going through some stuff right around Christmas time and I reached out on Cameo uh so I could get Stacy to you know, speak to him he goes, like, boy, are we boys, you ain't gotta
2: pay the company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it was, it was well, we always enjoyed the fan of the show program. Warrior it was great having you on today. Be well and uh, make sure that you keep those people honest out there. All right.
7: Hey, no doubt. I'm not a fan, just a fan of the day. You got to con- consider me like an NBA insider or something, so people think I know more
1: than I do. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: we, we've oh, all been trying that game for yeah. a long time. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. We, don't, we don't have you as our. We don't have you as our insider, uh, NBA man. insider, our special insider.
2: That is our buddy, the Warrior. Thank you so much for joining us. We also want to thank T.J. Dillashaw as he gets ready for his bout coming up next month. This has been episode 31 of Gimme the Hot Sauce for Stacy Stinger, Timmy Whispers, Southside Susie, and their crew. Thank you so much. We'll be coming at you again next week. Stacy. Uh, what's the tagline?
1: Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Drive home safely, Chicago. Beep, beep. I, was I forgot time. it there for a Take second. Take two. I was gonna like it me. might be the Modella, baby. Give me the hot sauce. What did y'all put in this Mandela, baby? (laughs) I I had a brain freeze. I'm like,
5: it wasn't brevaging.